Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Hallelujah to your mighty name, your matchless name, your, your, your courageous name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In everything we give you thanks. In everything we give you thanks. In everything we give you thanks. Because it is your will concerning us, God. It is your will concerning us. We thank you in the midst of everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, if we had 10,000 tongues, we could not praise you enough. Lord, we will never be able to thank you for everything that you have done and that you are doing for us, Lord God. We will never be able to thank you enough for the things that you are going to do, for the plan that you have for our lives, God. But we say thank you in this moment, Lord God, with everything that we know and with everything that we've experienced and with everything that we don't know, Father God, we say thank you. We say thank you in advance, Father, for what you are doing in our lives. We say thank you in advance for how you are moving on our behalf. Thank you for caring about us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for drawing us nearer to you. Thank you, Jesus, for putting your spirit inside of us, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for gracing us to be able to respond to your spirit and your call. Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, for coming and being in our midst, God. We invite you in this place. Thank you, Lord. We know that you are always everywhere, God, but we invite you to move in this place. We invite you, Father, to have your way, God, not just in our hearts, but in our worship, Lord God. In this atmosphere, we yield it to you. We yield our hearts to you. We yield our emotions to you. We yield our response to your call to you, Lord God. We yield everything to you. We yield, Lord God, what we came in here with to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You are worthy. You are holy, God. You are mighty. You are matchless, Lord God. You outweigh every problem. You outweigh every situation. You outweigh every lie of the enemy, God. Hallelujah. Your truth weighs heavier. In the name of Jesus, your truth weighs heavier, Father, than the lies of the enemy. They are lies. Thank you, God, for showing us that they are lies, God, and that we don't have to bow to lies, and that we don't have to yield to lies, and that we don't have to die to lies, and that we don't have to lose to lies, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 We lift your name, your name above all things, your name above all names. You are King of kings and you are Lord of lords, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We celebrate you this morning. We celebrate you, God. We celebrate you, Father, because we are aware that it is only because of you that we are here. It is only because of you, Father, that we had the strength to come in the midst of everything going on. It's not by any strength of our own. It's not by any goodness of our own, Lord. But it's because of you, so Lord, we thank you and we honor you with our, our praise, God. Receive our worship, Lord. Receive our worship, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, church. This is how we welcome you. Good morning. This is how we welcome you. And we also welcome you to join in with us. You don't have to know every word to every song. 
Just lift your voice. Sing your song to the Lord. You have a, a song that I don't have. And there's a spot in his heart for you that only you can fill. There's a, there's a, there's a part of his eardrum <laughs> that only your voice can tickle. I can't sound like you. But we don't have to. It's not a competition. This is a group thing. It's a group thing. And we are all welcome. You're welcome this morning. You are welcome here. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Come and move because we say yes to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. With no restriction, Father, you are welcome. We say yes, Lord, yes. Our songs are rising in your direction. We say yes, Lord, yes. We will wait on you. We will wait on you. Come and move. We say yes to you. Say yes 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We agree with you, Lord. We agree with you, Father, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we hear, in spite of what we are experiencing. We say yes to you, your will, your way right now, God. Hallelujah. You have the victory, and you have given us the victory, Father God. We agree, Lord God, with the angels that are saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. We agree. We agree. We agree. We agree. Not only with them, Lord God, because you are worthy, but we agree with what you say. Hallelujah. We agree. We agree. We agree. We agree. We release our agreement, Lord. We release our will for yours, Lord God. We agree. We agree. We agree in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Church, he is a load bearer. Hallelujah. Our pastors, hallelujah, they sense that there's weight in this house. Our pastors sense that there was weight in this house. Hallelujah. He's a load bearer. He's a load bearer. He will take it off of your shoulders. Hallelujah. Give it to him. Release it in your worship. Just let it go. Let it go. Give it to him. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that you don't have to carry it. And it's not your responsibility to work it out, to fix it. It's not your responsibility. It hurts, yes. It's heavy, yes. It's tiresome, yes. But you don't have to fix it. That's God's job. And he's willing to do it. He wants to do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we agree. We agree in Jesus' name. We agree in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We agree with you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Never let the highest throne Welcome by a melody Anthem I have always known A song that's always been in me All glory and honor, dominion and power to you down on the floor all to echo holy is the Lord my heart can't help but sing with all of heaven roar forever
blessed be your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We honor you, God. We kneel before your throne. We are humbled in your presence, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. today, Lord God. We say, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes. Less of us, more of you. Less of us, more of you. Jesus, come and be glorified this morning. Our nation needs you. God, our communities need you. We cry out for broken, sad, and desperate hearts today, God. You are the bomb of Gilead. You are the healer of nations. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are healing itself. You can bind the broken, Lord God. You can turn ashes into beauty. Only you can do those things. We need you. We are desperate for a move. Daddy, we don't just want a church service. We don't just want a good feeling. We don't want to just be good people. We're desperate for a move. Only you can release revival. Only you can release a move of God. Come and move. We say yes to you. With everything that means. (laughs) With everything that means, we say yes. Let your kingdom come this morning in us. Let your will be done in us, in 
in our nation, Lord God, in Buffalo and Laguna Woods. Uvalde, Lord God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in power and in glory. Daddy, raise something more than empathy in this room. Raise compassion that has no limits, love that cannot be quenched, a fire for you that will not be put out. Daddy, come and move. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Jesus, we ask this in your mighty name and we surrender it all to you. And together, because together, God, you said together we're powerful. Together we can be united. Together we can become one. And we can stand before you as one. And so as one, we say, Jesus, come have your way. In Jesus' name, together we say amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just a moment of glory for being above it all? You're the God above the storm today. You're the God above the storm. You're the God above the storm, God, and we need you. We need you. You know, church, Shayla already said it this morning. There's such a weight to this morning for for us, for Pastor D and myself. We've been feeling the weight. Because we can't bypass what's been going on in our world. We can't just overlook it because we have hopefully a bright tomorrow. Because we woke up and there was food in our refrigerator and we turned on the shower and water came out. And I got to worship with my son this morning. And others don't have that privilege. There's a weight to this morning. And so I want to invite you into that. Not to carry the weight with me because that's not your job, it's his. And he can do it, but to feel it. To be willing this morning to allow this morning to be different. Allow God to carry us as a community through things. Because in the middle of the storm, my king slept because the storm didn't scare him. But when he awoke, even the wind and the waves obeyed. He still has authority and power. We may be mourning, but that does not mean we do not have hope. We may have experienced darkness, but it does not mean we do not know what the light is. So this can't be a normal morning. I do want to just say welcome. (laughs) I've been crying all morning, so you're just going to have to get used to it today. But if this is your first or second time here at Connect, thank you for coming. Thank you for being our guest this morning. We're so glad you're here. We really are really thankful that you're here this morning. And I know so many are online this morning so many of you watching from down the shore because it is Jersey and Philly and that's where we go on Memorial Day weekend. We love you. But join in. So many sick from COVID, even on our teams. And 
Lord, we're still believing for healing. And so if you're one of those people that are sick this morning, we're believing for your healing today. Whether it's COVID or cancer or depression or anxiety or addiction, we're believing. Because we serve the King of Kings. So this morning, I'm just going to ask you to be seated just for a moment. I know usually we spend some time talking and saying hi to each other, but I just have to be honest, there's just no way for this morning to be a normal morning. There's too much pain. There's too much compounded grief. Shayla and I were just saying, it's compounded. You know, we thought 2020 was bad and then 2021 rolled up. Then we said, oh good, we're out of this, maybe we can stop wearing masks, kind of, and then it's got to be better, and then grief upon grief upon grief. The Bible's clear in these moments. In Romans, ten innocent people from our black community walked into a grocery store just to shop for food, and were gunned down in cold blood out of racial hatred by a teenager. Just two days later, our Taiwanese brothers and sisters in Christ were gathering together in church just like we are this morning when a gunman walked in and opened fire out of that same racial hatred. Just eight days after that, we all watched in horror as a teenage boy armed to the teeth massacred an entire school classroom of innocent babies, mostly Hispanic, for no good reason at all. Our nation is mourning this morning. Our black and Latino, our AAPI communities are in pain. There are countless parents, friends, and siblings, and children who are scarred by this forever. Generations of kids afraid to go to school. Communities afraid to go to the grocery store. And maybe the saddest news of all this is that we all know this won't be the last time. Although it should be. Maybe you're feeling like me this morning. Maybe you're feeling frustrated, outraged, deeply saddened. Maybe you have a feeling of helplessness this morning and hopelessness. I'm sure if you come from some of our communities that this has happened to over and over and over and over again, this compounded grief makes us feel that way, certainly. I understand that. But this is where I believe the lie creeps in, that we're helpless, that nothing is ever going to change. But my friends, we're the church. We carry with us the hope of the world. His name is Jesus. He came to reconcile the world, to redeem it, to restore it, to seek and save what was lost and broken. Jesus can do it. Yet if there's ever going to be change, 
That change needs to start with us. I have to keep changing. Our team, our pastoral team has to keep changing. You and I have to keep changing. We have to change the way that we think. We have to change the way that we act. We have to change the way that we respond. We have to change the way that we think about situations like this. We have to change the way that we do life. Does our response look like Jesus' response? Did Jesus just send a tweet like a post? Or does he step into the moment? So this morning, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to talk with us for a while. But I want to give a little bit of context to our conversation, if we can. Just by reading a bit of the first murder in history. Because I believe it sheds light for us and hope for us in the midst of a darkest moment that the world had seen. Genesis 4, many of you may be familiar with the story of Cain killing Abel, but verse 6 says this, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? That's a good question. Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will it, will it not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. This is the core issue. Now Cain said to his brother Abel after hearing God, come on, let's go out into the field. And he kills his brother in the middle of the field. And then God shows back up and says, where is your brother Abel? And Cain says, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that question is yes. Inherently, yes. This is the first question of God by humanity after the fall. What, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. He's trying to distract attention, shift the blame. But Jesus answers this question thousands of years later with this statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Am I my brother's keeper? Yup. Yes. Yes. God goes on and says, then the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood of injustice cries out, my friends. Heaven hears the cry of injustice. And we need to make sure that we give ear to it as well. Don't look away in these moments. Don't get burned out by the broadcast or the news cycle. We've got to look at it. Heaven hears injustice so loudly because it is so contrary to who the nature of God actually is. It's like a train whistle in the middle of a peaceful night's sleep. It jars you awake. Why? Because it's so different from the environment that you are in. That's what happens in heaven. Injustice of any kind is so jarring to the atmosphere of the kingdom. This is the truth that must be at the core of how we see life. From who is the very nature of God. Who the very nature of God is. This is how we love him with everything we've got. In order to love him with everything we've got, we've got to know everything he is. This is what makes us a disciple. When we deny ourselves, when we deny our rights. Because when I came to Jesus, I don't have any rights. I'm not my own. I was bought at a price. I surrendered everything to follow him. And that means now I have to follow him. 
If he doesn't look away, neither can we. Let me just read for you just for a moment for perspective. From a list of school shootings that have happened over the last few years. I'm going to read their names because names matter. And when you say a name, it gives a face to it. It puts it in its place and perspective. Thurston High School, Columbine High School, Heritage High School, Deming Middle School, Fort Gibson Middle School, Buell Elementary School, Lake Worth Middle School, University of Arkansas, Junipera Sarah High School, Santana High School, Bishop Newman High School, Pacific Lutheran University, Granite Hills High School, Lou Wallace High School, Martin Luther King Jr. High School. Are you shocked enough yet? Do you want to know what's even more shocking than that? There are still 229 more schools to go before we get to Robb Elementary this week. 229 more babies, children, faces, brothers, sisters, siblings, sons, and daughters. There have been 213 mass shootings already this year in our country. We're on day 149, just for perspective. But this isn't just about mass shootings. Views of racial supremacy still infect our nation at alarming rates and are growing in increasing measure fueled by prejudice and privilege. Immigration, especially for our Latino and AAPI communities, most of the time is a nightmare. Our black community is still seeking answers and solace from the murder of George Floyd. That was simply a year ago this week. Let alone Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Buffalo, Countless others that just pile on one after the other, after the other, forming grief upon grief upon grief. Abortion kills 700,000 children in the womb in our country every year. And hunger and social conditions kill thousands upon thousands more once they get outside of the womb because of poverty and oppression. We have 550,000 people living on the streets in this country. And the lie that immediately starts is this. Well, they want to be there. 550,000 people want to be without homes? Want to have no security? No future? And the political and racial divide has never been wider in our country, ever. Heaven doesn't look away. And we can't either. I just first want to say this so that we're all on the same page. This is not a political statement. This is a human statement. These are people. These are men and women. These are us. It's us. But it does have to do with your political thought. Because how we've been raised and the conversations that we've had and the votes that we have cast shapes the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we look at others, and the way we look at the world in crisis situations. See, the first thing, my friend, that God does is that he tells Cain to examine himself. He says, look, Cain, you've got to examine yourself. Why? Because sin's crouching at your door. My friends, our sin nature stalks us like a lion stalks a gazelle. 
And it is reinforced by our experiences, our traditions, and our ideologies time and time again. I know we'd all like to think that we are like the righteous Abel in the story, but there is a lot of Cain in us in our comebacks. When these situations happen and our comeback to that situation, a lot of Cain. So we're going to actually take a moment this morning and examine ourselves. God told him to examine himself based on God's truth. He said, if you do what's right, that Hebrew word for right means what's pleasing to God. If we will respond in a way that's pleasing to God, is our response to these situations, not just on a global scale, but our response to people in our neighborhood, our workplace who are facing injustice, hurt, pain, shame, Are they pleasing to God? Because that's the standard. So to examine ourselves, we actually have to ask ourselves real questions. What stirs inside of me when I hear about these moments? What kicks in the moment the conversations start? The Democrats, the Republicans, the NRA, the police, the them, the those, the that. What kicks in? What do I start to defend? My American rights? My inherited dogma? What it will mean to me if something has to change? Or kingdom truth? Are we looking for answers out of what logically makes sense to us? Or are we looking for truth based on the word of God? What's pleasing to God in our response? Can we truly put aside our political views and follow Jesus? Wow, that's a question for the church today, isn't it? So we're going to take a moment, and I'm going to ask you to write down, maybe in your notes or on your phone or on your iPad, what your first feelings are or the first voice that joins joins the party in your head when you hear these words. And maybe you can't do it all now, but maybe you can take it home and actually be honest with yourself. What happens, and I promise you, by the way, all of the responses in this room They're all going to be very different. How do you respond when you hear the word gun control? How about police investigation? How do you respond when you hear the word immigration reform? And I don't mean for Western Europeans, because usually Western Europeans don't have a problem getting in. How do you feel about it when the faces are brown and black and it says reform next to it? Racial profiling. Social injustice. What's the voice right now in your head? How about this one? Sanctity of life. It's a big one right now. Are we desiring one group of individuals to give up what they think is their rights in order to protect babies in the womb, but not willing to give up what we think is our rights to help protect those same babies after they're out of the womb? Here's why I have to be truthful. I told you change has to start in all of us, right? So here's my truth. 
When it comes to abortion, I am pro-life. 100% I'll never change. But my view does not come out of any political party. My view comes out of how I read the Bible. That in the Word of God, the Word of God is clear for me that every life, every life, every life is sacred and that life begins at conception. That my God forms children and breathes life into them. That He knew them before time existed. My view for that comes out of the Bible. I'm not saying there's not complexities. I'm not saying that there's not uh, issues. I'm saying that my view comes out of the Word of God. But I also own a gun. That just shocks some people. And up until recently, I have to be honest. Partly because of the way that I was raised. Partly because of my love for history and my love for America. That my stance when it came to gun rights was based out of my stance as a right as an American. My right as an American. Now I need to say to you, this is what I'm wrestling with. I don't know whether the Second Amendment is right or wrong. I don't know. But the one thing I do know is that it's not the Word of God. That's what I know. And this is the wrestling point we all face on so many issues. We base some of our stances out of the Word of God, others out of our rights, others out of our experience, others out of our feelings, others out of how our community or our tradition or our background feels. We are so messed up when it comes to all of this. We are picking and choosing how to live life. But the Bible says in Psalm 119, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy Word is a light unto my path. When I am in darkness, the only way for me to see clearly is to know the Word of God based on it. That's it. There's no other way. There's no other way. 2 Timothy 3.16, a verse that all Protestant churches fight for. All Scripture is God-breathed. And it's good for teaching and correcting and rebuking and training myself up in righteousness so that we can do the good work of God. The good work of God isn't simply being on the worship team or being an usher or serving in kids. It's the work of God in the world of God. And it's not so that I can rebuke others online. It's so that I can rebuke the sin that is crouching at my door. I need to say something that's real right now. And it may not, uh, may not be applicable to you, but it's something that the Spirit has dropped in my spirit and that I've been wrestling with. Here's what I've been wrestling with. King Herod was willing to let kids die so that he could stay in power. Herod was willing to allow kids to die so that he could stay in power. How much Herod is still inside of me? How often have we justified the Herod in us? because of our rights, so that we can stay in power. My friends, we have to examine ourselves because sin is crouching at our door. We are followers of Jesus. We are not supporters of a world system. And yes, America, as great as it is, is a world system. It is not a kingdom truth. It is a world system. And by the way, who is the God of this age who controls the world systems? Church, we need to have conversations with God. I mean, how amazing is God that he's willing to talk with Cain to help him change before he brings devastation into others' lives. What I'm talking about is simply prayer, because that's what prayer is, it's talking to God. 
It's not a list of needs or wants. It's talking to him about his truth and his will. I mean, what promises we have in the word? What promises? Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, not if the government, not if the police, not if the NRA, not if the political party, not if my neighbor, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn away from the way that they've been going, I will hear above the blood. I will hear above the cries, their cry, and I will heal the nation of God. I'll heal the nation. Jesus said in Matthew 21, my house shall be called a house of prayer. When Jehoshaphat was surrounded and the enemy was invading his country, do you know what he did in 2 Chronicles? He called for a fast and for prayer. But here's the question. How will we pray? What will our tongue cry out when we do? For what to be done? What makes it more than just sending prayers and thoughts to other people? So we're actually going to take time this morning to pray. Like right here, right now. Not me praying, us. I'm going to invite you to activate prayer. Because prayer changes things. And, and, and if, you, if you at all over the last couple of weeks have said to someone or tweeted something that said, praying for Uvalde, praying for Buffalo, praying for this, this is the time to do it. Because the Bible says we're two touch anything in agreement. The Father gets involved and starts stirring something in the heavenlies. There's power when we do something. And I don't care during this time whether you want to sit, you want to stand, you want to kneel, you want to come to the altar, you want to walk around. I'm just going to invite you to activate prayer in this place in belief and faith for something to change. We're going to do it in kind of two-minute segments, but this is what I'm going to say you don't have to follow that. I'm just going to try to direct some stuff for a little bit. But you don't have, if you have a burden, you just pray. You let the Holy Ghost do what he does. If you want to pray in regular language, you pray. You want to pray in the Spirit, you pray in the Spirit. You let God be God in these moments. But I'm going to ask us to do this first. The first part of our segment of prayer is this. We're going to pray for a repentance of ourselves. We're going to repent. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our hearts. You may say, Pastor, I don't really know what to repent for. I don't think I've done anything wrong. Okay, I'm not here to be your judge and jury, but I am here to invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. To change you from the inside out. So that's what we're going to do. The Bible says in the Lord's Prayer, which we're going to do in just a few moments. Forgive me my trespasses before I go any further. If my people will repent, then I will hear and heal the land. So we're just going to pray. I'm going to ask you even now, just to take the next few moments to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Come on, church. Let's pray. This is you. Before you and God. This is not for me. This is not between me and God. It's between you and God. I have my own stuff to deal with before God. But we're going to pray for the next two minutes. Hallelujah, Lord God. Come and move in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm missing so much.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, my friends. Why don't we just pray for the families and the loved ones of those who lost people in Buffalo and Laguna Woods and Uvalde now. of Jesus. Daddy, do something in these communities in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Open the door to healing and help in Jesus' name. My friends, can we pray, maybe pray for those who have suffered injustice, those who are suffering injustice in our nation today. God, forgive our nation, forgive our land, Lord God. Heal our land. Restore the years the locusts have eaten, Lord God. Father, break free the chains of oppression set free people's lives Lord God who have been in the addiction in addiction oppression hopelessness Lord who have been under the boot of of of, of intolerance
Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, can we be praying for our nation, our leaders, the White House, the Senate, the House of Representatives? Pray for our nation. We're just going to stay here for a little while. We're going to stay here for a little while. Just going to stay. We're going to stay. We're going to stay.
Yeah. We live for you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We live for you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Daddy, may that be our cry. We live for you. We live for you alone. 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 We live for you. We live for you alone. We live for you alone. Send down your power, Jesus. Send it, send it. Send it, Lord God. Send it, Lord God. Come on, Lord God, come on, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Send down your power. Church, can you stand with me? Lord, let this be your, let this be the heartbeat of our cry today. Send down your glory. Send down your power. Send it down in Jesus' name. Church, we're just going to. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Overflow in this place. Overflow, overflow, overflow in this place. In this place. Church, let's just seal this moment by praying the Lord's Prayer. Not as some liturgical moment, but as the heartbeat of our King. As He taught us to pray in this world. Let us believe what we're praying. Let us believe what we prayed for. Let us believe for power and change and God's glory. So let us pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your 
kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Come on. Amen. Amen. Do you believe what you just prayed is true? Do you believe that prayer makes a difference? I'm going to encourage you this week to keep praying for these things. Praying for the communities. Praying for the afflicted. Praying for this generation that needs Jesus. Praying for our leaders. Praying for God to move. Praying that he can bring water out of a rock and open a red sea to bring life. That he can bring change. Prayer changes things. But can we just be seated for a moment because I want to close in just a second. But I think we would be missing something if we don't recognize the last thing that Cain, that God asked of Cain. He said, Cain, it's not enough for us to have a conversation. You've got to do something different. Cain, you've got to be different. My friends, we can't afford to miss this step. Our kids, our generation, our world, it can't afford for us to miss this step. I'm not talking about government doing something different or parties doing something different or teachers doing something different. I'm saying we need to do something different. At the Last Supper, Jesus didn't just pray over the bread. He prayed over it and then broke it. Then he actualized his theology by practically bringing it into his reality, by allowing himself to be broken for others on the cross. It's not enough for us to pray for the bread. We've got to allow ourselves to be broken for others. Let's not just write our congressman or send out a tweet. Let's be something we've never been before. Let's be the kingdom. We have to be better. We, the church of Jesus Christ, we have to do better. We have to love better. It's not that complicated. It's not that complex. We just have to love better. I said to Danielle the other day, after Buffalo, I was like, man, I'd love to send our TKC food truck up there for a day or two, but do you know the honest truth? We just don't have the support team yet. We don't have the finances to be able to do it yet. Every week, we stand out there and watch people and feed people. And do you know what I see now? Almost half the cars are driven by dads. I know what it takes for a dad to drive up there. Do you know how important it is for us to be a part of lifting that pain and that shame? Do you know how important it is to be able to be a part of bringing hope and joy to a family? Even if it's just a meal or two. 
Like, that's what love looks like. It's not empathy. It's not emotion. It's not tears in the night. It's action in the daytime. It's where people can see it and feel it and be embraced by it. We need to do something different in this generation. We need to help them. The overwhelming number of shooters have been between the ages of 16 and 21. This is not just a gun issue. It's not just a mental health issue. It's a generational issue. We need to help this generation understand they have a purpose. That they are not a mistake. They've been created by the Creator. He has them engraved on the palm of their hand. They aren't going to climb out of some cosmic goop somewhere and evolve from a fish or a frog. They are a child of a living God with a hope in Jesus Christ, a future in Him. That they have to know that they are seen and loved and valued regardless of how they're feeling, regardless of what they've gone through, regardless of who they are. They have to know that there is a hope in Jesus. And hey, they're not reading your Facebook posts. They're not. They don't care any longer what the church stands on a soapbox and preaches. They need to see disciples love somebody different. We need to help Pastor Lisa and Pastor Kevin increase kids and middle school and youth, not so we can have the coolest youth group, so that this generation can hear from men and women who've gone through it so that we can speak into it and know that there's hope on the other side. The truth is, man, in Buffalo, they were saying someone should have done something. Someone should have risked, risked it and gone in. In Laguna Woods and in Uvalde, they were saying someone should have done something. Someone should have risked it. Someone should have went in. God says it like this. Who will go for us? Who shall we send? And Isaiah, when he stands in the presence of God, his response is, God, here am I, send me. God's still looking for Isaiah's. He's still looking for his church who's standing in his presence to listen to his voice and say, here am I, God. Send me into the midst of my nation so that they can know that they're loved and there's hope. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit, how can we be sent? How can we make a difference in our community? How can we make a difference in our marketplace? How can we respond when we see social injustice? How can we be different when people we see people really hurting? Not just be outraged, but be an answer. And not just when it affects our community, but when it, when it affects his created world. Jesus ends with this. He says, no greater love is anybody than this. Than a man who lays down his life for someone else. Sacrificial love, my friends, is more than a retweet or a retort. It's choosing to give when no one says thank you. To show up when no one thinks you should. To act when everyone else is simply yelling. 
to stand in the gap for people that will cause your friend group to shrink. Did you get that? To stand in the gap for people that will cause your friend group to shrink. Because Jesus had 5,000 people following him when everything was good. And he only had one disciple standing at the cross. But that act of sacrificial love changed the world. It changed the world. The world wasn't changed by rights. The world wasn't changed by a constitution, a Magna Carta, a law, a government, a political party. The world was changed out of sacrificial love. That's what changes the world. Let's make it so the only sound in heaven is not the blood crying out for injustice, but the angels rejoicing because lost sons and daughters have come home and found Jesus once again. Let's change what heaven sounds like in the mass of crying blood. Let us help to change it to be a sound of rejoicing. Let's not be a people who shout at the darkness. Let's be a people who actively bring light. Helpless, hopeless, no. We have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Helpless, hopeless, no. We have one of the greatest powers the world's ever seen. It's called prayer. Helpless, hopeless, no. We've got one of the greatest mechanisms of transformation beyond anything the world could fathom. It's called the love of Jesus made tangible in people's lives. One man changed the world. He didn't pass a law. He didn't run for government. He never wrote, wrote one book. He changed the world by giving his life so that others could live. That is what being a disciple of Jesus looks like. It may not be what the American church looks like right now, but it is what, look, what being a disciple of Jesus looks like. And I know I've got a lot of examining of my own self to do. And I want to invite you to examine yourself because sin is crouching at my door. Selfishness. Tradition. Experience. My past. It all crouches there. If I do what is pleasing to the Lord, it loses and he wins. That's it. That's our morning. I can't give you the ten keys to healing a nation. The five keys to a better life. But I can give you this one truth. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, deny themselves, repent and turn away, follow after Jesus, then he'll hear a different cry in heaven.
We've got a shot at healing our land. We've got a shot at healing our land. How beautiful would it be if that list stopped today? That that list that we read stopped today. Not because the government passed a law, because that will never work. Or a political party got in office, because for 200 years that hasn't worked. But when the church arose and loved like we have never loved before in this country. What could our future look like then? I'm going to pray over you. We're going to go in just a minute. Look, you guys are mature enough men and women of God to know that there's envelopes all around you. There's a thousand different ways to be able to give in a new offering. There are kiosks on the side you can give on your phone. That's my offering message. You'll give if you want to give because it's an act of worship. But will you stand with me? I just want to pray over you as we go. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. His name's Jesus. There is hope. His name's Jesus. There's hope. His name's Jesus. I thank God that we're in a country that lets me say that name. But that name has power above every country. Daddy, your word says that their sin is crouching at the door. But there's an answer. It's the blood of Jesus. Your will, your way, Lord. Your will, your way. We sang it this morning. God, may it be the cry of our heart. Your will, your way, Lord. 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 Daddy, may that be the cry of our hearts today. Your will, your way, God. 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 We say yes. We say yes. Come on, church. We say yes. We say yes, 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 God, we say yes, your will, your way, God, your will, your way, God, your will, your way, God, we say yes, 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 church, we say yes, 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 your will, your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. 
Daddy, for those of us in this room, for those of us watching online today, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you help examine our hearts, that you set us free from tradition and experience and logic, Lord God, and the things that we have tied our hope to that is not the foundation of Jesus. I pray that you forgive us. I pray that you set us free. I pray, Lord God, that you use each and every person to be a light in the dark world that surrounds us. We refuse to be a city set on a hill with its lights out. We choose today to shine. We choose today to shine your name, your will, your way. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. Your will, your way. I say yes. I say yes. Come on, church. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. Yes. And man, before we go, if you are here today and you're serious about saying yes, and you felt yourself at distance with God, you felt yourself, maybe you've come to church before, but never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, today is the day to say yes, to not hold back, to go all in. Man, someone, when, when, when the voice cried out through time and space, someone should have gone in, someone should have risked it, someone should have did it. Jesus said, I'll be the someone. He went in, he risked it, he went to the cross, he did your sentence, he paid your price he died your death he he paid for your hell he took your wrath and he gives you freedom I'm not asking you do you want to be a better person I'm asking you do you want to be a child of the living God a follower disciple of Jesus if that's you even if you've prayed it before but you're finding yourself a distance from God can you pray this prayer with me just say dear Lord Jesus I say yes to your will and your way in my life. I'm asking you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I repent right now. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your child. I choose today to live for you, for your glory, in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen and amen. Come on, give God some glory. Lord, we love you. What a friend, oh, that old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All my sins and shame to bear. A privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That's my old Baptist coming out right there. Oh, lucky. Like, please, God, give him a voice. Hallelujah. Look, the word just says make a joyful noise. I'm living biblically. Living biblically. That's all I'm saying. Living biblically. (laughs) Thank you. I can't imagine today coming in and just having a normal church service. Couldn't. Couldn't. There are moms and dads that will never have a normal church service again. There are siblings who may never step foot back into church again. 
I can't look away. I can't look away. Let it do the work it's meant to do. It's going to hurt. It's going to make you question. You're going to fight. Your pride, like my pride, is going to tell you that you've been right and that you couldn't have been wrong. And Pastor, you don't know where I've come from. And all I know is that is sin crouching at my door. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In my dark world, it's the only way I can see. Church, may you find your way this week. May the Holy Spirit bless you and fill you. Next week, it's Pentecost Sunday, believe it or not. I'm actually going to be teaching through Pentecost like we taught through Passover. We're going to see Jesus all in there. But the Holy Spirit isn't something weird. He's someone we need. We've been trying to change our world out of rhetoric. We've been trying to be cool. We've been trying to fit in with the world so the world will like us, but the world does the world better than us. The world doesn't need to see more of the world. The world needs to see something it's never seen before, which is Jesus, the real Jesus. The real Jesus, not the political Jesus, not the politicized Jesus, the one who bled and died because he loved people. I invite you, that, that, look, if that's the kind of church you want, this is it. If that's not the kind of church you want, I'm sure there's others out there. I still invite you to stay because I believe this is the church that God wants you in. <laughs> God bless you. Dee, do you want to? Oh, no, Forge Groups. What? Oh, yeah. I had that written down. I just, thank you. A good wife is a blessing, the Bible says. Hallelujah. <laughs> this week in honor of Memorial Day, there's no, uh, no Forged or Shoulder to Shoulder Groups, which is our discipleship groups. But if you're not in one, check them out this week, just online. Find out what it's about. Because you and I will only push ourselves so far. We need other people around us to go, Saw that tweet the other day. Hey, I heard what you said, but the tone was a little, Come on, right? We need each other. That's why a good wife is a good thing to have. Hallelujah. Yeah. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless you.